WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Some of the big stories, uh, notably aftermath of the passing of John McCain, but also the papal visit to Ireland and what this former papal nuncio had to say. Uh, indeed, we have the Pope telling reporters on board the papal plane back from Ireland that the explosive sexual abuse accusations from a former top Vatican official speak for themselves. The Pope adds he would not be making a statement regarding claims that he covered up sex abuse allegations in the Catholic Church, uh, specifically regarding uh, the now former Cardinal from D.C., Theodore McCarrick. Let's bring in Barbie Latson nadeau Rome Bureau Chief for the Daily Beast in Rome. And uh, Barbie, of course, this has played out over the weekend. Uh, how would you talk about the seismic aftershocks of all this back and forth and some of the reaction? Well, you know, it is a disturbing, I think, set of circumstances right now for Pope Francis. He's been trying to be very tempered with his reaction to this, you know, taking a step back, maybe uh, consulting people around him in order to give a statement. And that has actually backfired. We saw that with the Pennsylvania grand jury where 300 priests were implicated in the abuse of over 1,000 victims. He waited too long, and then he didn't actually offer a plan of action. We're seeing it with McCarrick. We saw on August 1st. The, the American Church in the United States actually asked for an apostolic visitation, that is, for the Pope to send someone and help them sort through the mess, and there was, again, no response. So I think what we're seeing is just a continuation of, of the silence uh, from the Vatican that is most frustrating to those victims, those many thousand victims uh, of clerical sex abuse. I mean, is it unrealistic to think that Pope Francis or someone high within the church would announce the formation of new lay committees of uh, lay Catholics to review cases independent of the bishops and or, and this would be shocking, I suppose, for many dioceses to say the Vatican, the Holy See supports lifting any statute of limitations in the various states on these investigations. Oh, yeah, I think I don't think we're going to see that out of the Vatican, but I think that's what the victims want. They want, especially, you know, when you're talking to, to uh, attorneys general or attorneys general or people that are in the secular community trying to investigate these crimes, the one thing they want is to open up the archives of each of these dioceses across the United States to show the, the criminal courts what the church knows and what the church is hiding. And I think it's especially important if you look at Missouri, St. Louis uh, uh, Attorney General there has just announced he would be conducting a, a diocese by diocese investigation demanding that the church open up those archives. And if imagine if you had state after state after state it, it, it demand the same thing or start investigations in which they're knocking on the church door saying, show us what you've got, show us the paper trail, I think then you'd actually have to see the Vatican make some sort of a change in terms of how they deal with this. Of course, uh, progressives in the church have uh, uh, been uh, in the past supportive of uh, Pope Francis talking about the environment, the plight of immigrants, uh, saying that it would not be for him to judge uh, somebody's personal conduct uh, on uh, gay LGBT rights, and some have uh, seen a hidden agenda here in that the papal nuncio was famous for uh, being uh, very much against, even at the secular realm, LGBT rights, and apparently the implication that if you're inclined to be gay, well, you, that automatically makes you a pedophile, which of course is not true. That's absolutely right, and, and I think that you, you see some of these people who have been so strong 
behind Pope Francis really waver a little bit right now when it comes to his reaction to widespread clerical sex abuse. Of course we know this has nothing to do with sexual orientation. These are pedophiles. And I think that, that one of the things that the church has failed to do, and you talk to victims groups especially about this sort of thing, is to go to the seminary level and find out what types of people are joining the priesthood and see, you know, is it a place where people who have these inclinations towards pedophilia... Well, I mean, there's been the psychology that some people, aware of their problem, uh, then go for the clergy as a respectable way to try to uh, just kind of uh, uh, take it away, and then it doesn't happen, and then you have this abuse. That's right, and that's something that the victims groups want the Vatican to approach as well, to have better guidelines with those people joining the seminary need to be vetted. You know, the, the, you, can, you can go back so far to try to figure out the root of this problem, but you really aren't going to have any success unless you have the Pope behind some really drastic changes, and that is to, to, to greater transparency, greater accountability, and listening to the victims, not just by offering them thoughts and prayers, but listening to what they want and see if perhaps their voices can lend uh, support in how to deal with what, a problem that is not going to go away anytime soon. Well, you know, in recent church history, uh, uh, church ecclesiastic history, uh, I can't recall another time in the modern papacy where at the moment you have, uh, dare I put it simplistically, both the, the Catholic right and the Catholic left gunning at the Pope. Uh, usually it's been one side or the other, who's dissatisfied here you have this chorus from the theological right and the left although some of the uh, assumptions and inclinations are a bit different no, that's absolutely right. I think this puts a lot of pressure on Pope Francis, and I think we've seen time and time again that Pope Francis is a people pleaser. He wants people to, you know, say to come to church. He wants to appeal to same-sex marriage, people into same-sex marriages. He wants divorced and remarried Catholics back in church. You know, he he does a good job on a lot of different demographics, but he has not done a particularly good job when it comes to those victims of clerical sex abuse. One of the things that the church does, especially in the United States, is point to these crimes being old, saying this all happened before 2002 when, right. of course, the Boston Diocese issue, you know, did, did result in some changes in the American church. But it's still going on. There are still victims reporting clerical sex abuse in the United States, not to the extent you had years ago. But as long as it's still going on, you still need, you need accountability. Uh, you know, I, as I, I, I kind of play this out, out in my mind from many different uh, viewpoints and perspectives. What occurs to me is maybe part of Francis's uh, problem is he is a third world pope. And of course, the conservatives are long gunned at him because he has a third world uh, approach to uh, some of these problems, immigration and all, different fresher perspective. But on the other hand, he may not have the kind of mind uh, that you would have if you'd grown up in the States or maybe Western Europe to the idea that it's beyond platitudes. You've got to do something uh, concrete. It is very legalistic, but you have to show specificity in your response. I think that's absolutely right. I do think we're seeing a little bit of Pope Francis's age and also his, his, his personal history when you see his approach to this. He thinks, you know, really that, that sending the, sending priests out to the margins of society to help talk to the people who need the church most is going to be enough. But what he, he, these, a lot of the victims of clerical sex abuse are not in the margins of society. They are in the front rows and the pews of the churches of the United States of America and elsewhere around the world. You know, we saw this similar situation in Chile when he uh, when he addressed the problem there. And at one time, he called some of the people who had lodged 
complaint against bishops there, uh, he accused them of blasphemy and calumny, and, and which is uh, defamation, I guess is the word I should use in English, um, and he had to turn around and say, wait, actually, the victims are right. And I think that you're just seeing uh, uh, his gut reaction and how it works so well in so many other areas of the Catholic Church, that it's not working. In, when it However, in that case, I'd still love to know who it was who... Uh, uh, wrongly advised Francis of the situation in Chile before he went there, because obviously it, it put him in tons of trouble and uh, hurt uh, any goodwill he would have generated with that trip. That's right, but I do think his advisors are old school in a certain sense. And that, that you know, old school Catholicism with regard to this issue is cover up, hide, defer, don't tell, uh, don't ask, don't tell, that sort of thing, where you don't see the Pope actually hearing uh from the people firsthand. And we've seen the same thing in Boston with Cardinal uh, Sean O'Malley, one of the most respectable American cardinals by any means who's done so much with regard to clerical sex abuse. Even his own assistant didn't give him the letter about uh, Cardinal McCarrick, who the, the Washington, D.C. cardinal who just resigned or was forced to resign. So you've got this sort of layers of cover-up and filters within the church hierarchy, and I think that's happening on a local level, and I think it's happening here. And, and the fascinating thing uh, is is in many respects, this Pope has been the uh, most anti-clerical. He has repeatedly uh, uh, spoken publicly to the bishops, get off your high horse, get out of your palaces, get down there in the trenches with the people. Well, that's right, and even in his letter, which was in response to the Pennsylvania grand jury, he railed against clericalism, which, he, you know, which is what he said from day one when he was elected in 2013. But it is exactly that clericalism that is causing him the biggest problem right now with regard to this cover-up. We'll leave it there. Uh, nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Barbie Latza Nadell, Rome Bureau Chief of the Daily Beast, live from Rome, uh, to which Pope Francis has returned after his weekend voyage to Ireland.